There's one way that you can add fuel to your team's problem solving and creativity, particularly during times of stress and rapid change. Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. So if you're like most leaders right now, you're probably hearing things from your teams that we've been hearing from many leaders that we've been talking to over the last several weeks, regardless of the industry, as leaders share their responses and next steps to the corona crisis and so on. Many of their teams are having the same reactions, and maybe these sound familiar to you. But how do we, we've never done this before, can we really, like we've never had to do this, what am I supposed to do now? Anytime your team's facing rapid change and unprecedented responses, there's naturally going to be anxiety, doubt, and grief. Some people thrive on change, but they're a minority. The majority of folks, when confronted with rapid change and stress like we've been facing in the world lately, naturally have anxiety and doubt and grief. The old way of doing things is gone, even if it's only for a couple of months, and thoughts turn naturally, to what now? Can we handle this? It's in these moments that your team needs your leadership more than ever. If you can address these moments of rapid change with calm clarity and focus on answering that doubt, you position yourself to be more influential and you leverage and help your team to be more productive, more creative, and be able to solve more of the problems that they need to solve. I met a woman years ago, her name was Christine, and she worked in a state correctional facility. And she was telling me how, with no prior supervisory experience, she was one of a small handful of female staff in what was a mostly male prison at the time, had a highly diverse and a contentious inmate population. Uh, There were fights all the time. It It was not a great place to be. I mean, no prison probably is, but this was a particularly rough situation, she said. And she had been placed in charge of creating a clothing factory inside the prison. And as if those weren't enough barriers, the prior attempts to open similar factories in other state facilities had totally failed. But they were trying it anyway. Well, Christine told me how just one year later, the factory she led was outproducing the prototype operation. It had an impeccable safety record and it could run itself peacefully and productively without direct supervision. She could get called to a meeting and things would keep going just fine. So I had a chance to talk with Christine and I asked her about how she accomplished this impossible sounding transformation and overcame all these barriers and obstacles. And one thing that she said stood out to me. She said, David, it began with my belief in the people. When they came to me, they wanted to tell me about all the bad that they had done on the outside, why they were in prison. So I cut them off. I said, look, I don't really care who you were last year. This is who we will be in this factory, and this is what we're going to do. And most of them didn't believe it at first, she said. But pretty quickly, they started to respond to someone believing in them. She described how initially the, some of the male inmates would object to sewing because they 
didn't think it was something that men did. So she said, well, I walked over to one of the industrial sewing machines. You know, these are big, heavy pieces of equipment. And I just quietly operated it, produced a garment, went back to the men and said, you're telling me women can run this industrial machine, but you can't? I don't believe that. I believe you can do it. I love Christine's message. This is who we will be in this factory. And this is what we're going to do. Faced with major change and hurdles, your team needs your confidence. And this is the essence of leadership. At the core of all of leadership is the belief that together we can do more and we can have a better tomorrow. That's what it means to be a leader. One of the ways that I say this is that every leader is a CBO. Got your CEOs, your COOs. CBO is Chief Belief Officer. And your team needs a Chief Belief Officer, a CBO, right now. Your team needs to hear you say, you can do this. I know you can. And that takes different forms. You might be saying, listen, I know this is tough. And I know we will find a way through it. Or, I trust this team. And I believe we can find new answers to these questions that we haven't faced. Or you might say, together we are going to stay safe and we are going to figure out how to deal with these changes. But together I know we've got this. Your team needs your confidence because your confidence in them will become their belief in themselves. And unfortunately, the reverse is also true. I've mentored many young people at math. And one of the most tragic stories I think I've encountered was a young sixth grade girl who, when she sat down to do math problems, would just freeze and almost had a physical reaction, would get nervous and start sweating, and and she just froze. She couldn't do it. And so when she came to get mentored at math, she'd bring her math book and open it up. And I said, you know what? I want you to close your book, and I just want you to look at me and just look me in the eye and say, I can do math. And she couldn't do it. Our first mentoring session for about half an hour was just helping her utter the words, I can do math. She had no confidence in herself, no belief in herself. Well, what had happened? It turns out that a teacher of hers earlier in her young elementary school career had told her, oh, honey, math is hard for you. You're just never going to get it. Imagine what that did to her confidence. It's one of the crazy parts of being a leader is the impact you have on people with your belief in them, your confidence in them. Your confidence can fuel their creativity and their problem solving and their ability to to figure things out. Or you can pour water on that fire. That's a choice that you get to make, but it's an incredibly powerful part of being a leader. Hey, this is Nora, and I have a question. Hi, David. My name is Jamie, and I'm calling in from Maine. My question is about... Hey, David. This is Julian from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. This is John from Colorado Springs. This is Johan White from Kingston. I have a question for you. This is Cynthia from Baltimore. Hi, David. This is Susan from New Jersey, and my question is... Hi, David. This is Dean from Denver. I would love your advice on this. We've got a question today from Janine about remote meetings. 
And before we answer that, I would love to answer your leadership or management-related question. You can send in your question regarding any previous of our 50-plus episodes of the show or any question you have related to leadership management, some of the challenges that, that you face. The easiest way to send in your question is to go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com. You'll see a big orange button. Click that button and you can record your question. Tell us where you're from. Leave us your name and your question and we'll use that in a future episode. On to Janine's question. David, I appreciate the tips about remote meetings and I have a question about the camera. You said to always have the camera on. My question is, is that really necessary? And Janine, I will tell you that you are not the only one who I've had this conversation about the camera with lately, as we're all having universally to have these remote meetings. So here's the thing. In an earlier episode, we talked about different types of communication and how there is different bandwidth that different styles of communication carry. So if you're having a conversation that has uh, decision-making to it, that potentially has room for disagreement or any emotional content that needs to be communicated, all of those are situations where you definitely want to have your camera on because that has the most bandwidth. But if you're having a quick informational thing or just exchanging some information and that kind of connection isn't necessary, then sure, perhaps a phone call will do or even email. So it's about choosing the right form of communication for the content of that communication. Does that mean the camera always needs to be on? No. Obviously, it doesn't need to be on, particularly if you're all the way over into the texting or email or recording type of communication. But if you're having a team meeting where you're discussing priorities and problem solving and trying to stay connected as a team, then yes, having your camera on is going to help with that. So the short answer to your question is no, it doesn't always need to be on, but you do want to have it on when you're into that higher bandwidth form of communication. Janine, thanks for the question, and I will look forward to answering your question in a future episode. Remember, your confidence in your team will become their belief in themselves particularly during times of stress and change and where people are having to rise to challenges they haven't done before. How can you find ways to communicate your confidence and your sincere belief in your team's ability to do things? It's amazing what happens when somebody feels that somebody believes in them. You can be that person. And when you do, you're becoming the leader you'd want your boss to be. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.